So, Jesse, since we've been hanging out together, you've taught me a lot of new words and new concepts. Mm-hmm. And one of them you told me about is eco-anxiety, which is something I don't really know much about. But when you told me about it, I was like, okay, I kind of can get that. Mm-hmm. When, what, how would you define that word, eco-anxiety? I would describe eco-anxiety as this feeling of impending doom that the world is going to end. And I think due to the news... There's a lot of pressure put on our generation to make a change when it's so difficult to make a change when so much of it revolves around money and power and oftentimes you can feel powerless against things like fossil fuels and climate change and pollution and even if you were to live a fully sustainable lifestyle, you know, cut out plastic completely vote with your dollar and support really good companies, drive an electric car, if that helps, we don't, who knows, and do all of the right things, even if you do everything right within your life, people say it still is not quite enough to make a change, because the real power lies within the people with the most money, and so it can feel really just dreadful and exhausting and oftentimes I feel guilty for pursuing the path that I'm on, trying to be an artist, thinking that I'm selfish for not dedicating my life to making a difference in the world, whether it be through activism or volunteering every day. You know, sometimes I think I f- tell myself that I'm lazy for not being out there. Out there as in, I don't even know, like what does that mean, being out there as an activist? I don't even really know what that would look like to start a riot over climate change. I've never been a part of something like that, but I would love to be. It's all just very stressful and it can be hard to be happy when you can see it all around you with the fires, like we're experiencing literally right now. We're breathing in smoke. And in LA, the smog, you see the trash everywhere. It's not everywhere, but there's a lot of it. (laughs) And it's not pretty, it's not fun. doesn't feel good to breathe in crappy air. And it's really scary. Wow, that is a lot. (laughs) (laughs) that does sound difficult yeah are a lot of your friends feeling the same thing yeah I think a lot of people our age a lot of people that grew up in New Hampshire I know feel the same way I do because everything felt so pure there the air was so fresh the water is clean just green, lush nature all around you. You don't see much littering. There's no pollution that I ever noticed. So I think having that, growing up in that really pure environment and seeing how much things have changed over the years, 
really knocks you down. Well, you can see how good it can be. And then in LA, you're like, oh my god, this is terrifying. And I know that I could just move back to a place like New Hampshire and live in a nice little bubble where everything is fine. But that's a tiny little dot on the map where it's fine. And it's so not fine in other places. Yeah. Hmm. And everything is so contradictory. Everything. Even the things that we think will make a difference won't. Or people say that they might not. Like, there are times where I feel like I'm trying so hard to make a difference. And I know that our diet can have a big impact. There's a lot of food politics, especially in Los Angeles, with a lot of a ginormous vegan community and people saying this is the number one thing you can do to help the environment because of how detrimental cattle farming is for the environment, that if you just don't support it and you don't give your money to those people, then you can make a difference. And there's people saying, oh yeah, well look at what quinoa does to the environment. And then they share all these articles about how quinoa is terrible and is super unethical. And then people saying how mint tea is terrible because the mint plant destroys everything else around it. And then people just throw all these facts at you that make you feel like, well, I guess I just don't eat anything and don't purchase anything for the rest of my life. I guess just my existence in itself is harmful. (laughs) You know? Like, good grief. I feel like activists and people that care about the environment and people that are doing their best to live plant-based, it's just such a thankless thing. No one ever says, wow, thank you for doing that. Like, thank you for changing your entire lifestyle and the way that you take care of your body because you care about the earth. People are just like, oh yeah, you think you're better than me? I'm like, what the fuck? No. There's so <laughs> much like political drama around it and people acting like it's just something that's cool they're like oh yeah you're just vegan because you think it's cool like all right think whatever you want dude (laughs) (laughs) so much political drama and lots of contradiction and then my friend was talking about dark ecology Oh, yeah, I want to hear about this. Yeah, I don't know anything about it, but she had just briefly brought it up. I guess it surrounds theories that talk about how the world has always been ending. Think about dinosaurs. Like, what the fuck happened to them? You know? It's not like dinosaurs were driving around cars and releasing all this you know, CO2 and and eating their little snacks and litter, throwing their trash out the window. Like, dinosaurs didn't... They just existed. And yet the world still collapsed at that time. You know, they weren't doing what we were doing, and yet look where they're all gone. Yeah. Because of... There was an ice age and all that crazy shit happened. And they didn't even do anything. <laughs> so it's like... If we didn't do anything, if we didn't create anything and we just lived off of the land even that would still maybe end in a giant explosion of 
nothingness and volcanic eruptions and hurricanes and sea levels rising in ice ages and like some like that whole dark ecology is basically just saying shit happens whether or not we want it to we cannot control earth we can do our best to leave little to no impact but we cannot reduce or erase the possibility of disaster I think that's true. Disaster is just just a word that we use as people for the earth. It might not mean anything. One time I read that people are nothing more than a highly sensitive film on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I think it's true. I mean, I mean, I guess we care about the earth, but in a lot of ways we just care about ourselves. We just want to live. We want to survive. We want our kids to survive. The earth, does the earth care? The earth is so huge. If we all die off, I don't know that the earth cares. Yeah, that was another thing that my friend had mentioned. We're not destroying Earth, we're destroying our habitat. But once we're gone, like, you know, nature's gonna be fine. It'll, it'll <laughs> find a way. There, when you see pavement and there's that tiny yeah. little plant sticking out through the crack. It does not take long. It found a way. <laughs> One time I saw this house when I was driving over to Portland. And this house was abandoned and it had a rain gutter on it and... Obviously, nobody had cleaned that gutter in a while. There were trees. Stop. Yeah, like at least a dozen saplings. I mean, at some point, they're going to get too heavy and the whole thing would come down. So they weren't huge yet, but they were big enough to, you know, stop me on the road like, what? It was awesome looking. It was pretty funny. Yeah. That's so cool. I know. And then, like I was mentioning the other day, Chernobyl. Oh, yeah. Because everyone was so scared about the radioactivity and everyone left. It's a beautiful forest now and you know i wouldn't suggest going there you can have because <laughs> there's still like radioactive uh radiation radioactive, well. yeah 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 radiation like within the soil and stuff oh. um so it's kind of bizarre actually I, I saw this thing that there's some there was a tree that survived i don't know if it was there or somewhere else uh and wasn't affected by radiation yeah no, they literally, there's radiation within the soil and the trees are still growing and you'll see a moose walking through and, and you know, everything's, it's doing okay somehow, it's adapted, but you can have a tour throughout Chernobyl, you just have to be super careful, you're taking a really big risk. Huh, um, I think I'll pass on that one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it is so cool to see once people left, everything was fine, but I think you're right about it, humans really just caring about themselves. Because at the root of it all, I want nature to be okay because I want to enjoy nature. I want fresh air because it makes me feel good. I want clean water because it makes me, it tastes good and it makes me feel good. I want these things because of how it will affect my life. You yeah. know? Yeah. Or if you have kids someday, you know, you might want to have kids and you might want them to have a good life. Yeah. There's no guarantee. Even if the world was perfect, 
It's not like you can guarantee your life's going to be good or long or amazing. A lot of it just comes down per- to perspective mm. and how you decide to look at what's around you. Yeah, I really just, I don't want to have to wear a mask because the air quality is so bad. That is my ultimate worst case scenario. And seeing that other people are having to do it in Asia. Yeah, they've been doing that a long time, actually. Ugh, I don't want that to be us. I was there, I don't know, at least 30 years ago, and people were wearing masks Dude. over there. Yeah, it was, I don't know if it's because the air was bad or the people were really sickly or, I don't know why. I just remember that. What do you think about us taking this trip where we've seen a lot of incredible beauty? Does that affect you at all? Yeah. Um, It feels good to know that all of Earth doesn't look like Los Angeles. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh, thank God. (laughs) You forgot. There's not strip malls everywhere crazy people i told you i went i drove all the way across the country through the middle of the country and most of it was undeveloped i mean it was amazing we forget that what we see around us isn't what it's like everywhere yeah there's so much undeveloped land and it's beautiful yeah i was glad i did that trip See, this is where I feel like the contradiction comes in for me. Because that, to me, is really soothing. And then I think, you know what? It is maybe just perspective, and everything's going to be okay. And there are so many people that say, don't worry, everything's going to be okay. Be positive, be optimistic. There's other people saying, if we don't act now, (laughs) something bad will happen. You know, and it's like, we need to act now, now. And there's all this pressure from one side saying look around you look at everything that's happening we need to act and then there's this other half saying you know it's all about perspective everything's gonna be okay i think it's in between you can live a responsible life the way you are and you set an example for other people of how to leave the smallest trace possible but at the same time enjoy the beauty that you see you know, why not? There's plenty of it to enjoy. We could walk down a road in Los Angeles and I'd point out 10 things to you that I think are beautiful. Yeah. You know, it depends on what you want to do. If you want to focus on the piece of trash that somebody threw away and make your day miserable, well, that's your that's your option if you want to do that. Or you can focus on the little butterfly you just saw or the flower that grew or there's a million things to notice that Mm, are beautiful. You're right. So just because you say, you know, someone who says everything's going to be fine doesn't mean they're not being careful or responsible. Yeah. And people who demand I mean, sometimes people are just trying to wake other people up, but sometimes the people who are really loud are just super dramatic and reactive, and often they don't even know the whole picture. I mean, I'm not saying I don't think we need to be careful. I just don't think... Whenever someone's yelling at you, you need to take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. Or in your face or giving you a hard time. I don't I don't like that. That doesn't work with me. Yeah. 
it kind of makes me sad that there's people who have so much anxiety. Actually, people have anxiety over all kinds of stuff. If it's not the environment, it's something else. There's oh, a lot yeah. of anxiety in the world right now. Yeah. And I think anxiety is natural. And I don't think there's anything wrong with you if you have anxiety. Because it is primitive. It's here to protect us. Like, I know when people get hangry, that is a form of anxiety because your body does not have the fuel it needs. Mm. And that's when I see certain, like, Quinn gets so hangry and he gets super anxious because he hasn't eaten anything. Like, that is, like, the primitive form of anxiety. I can promise you. (laughs) It's because you haven't eaten anything or you're dehydrated. Like he had an anxiety attack and went to the doctors and he's saying, I just, I'm so anxious all the time and I'm really worried about everything in my life. And it, he was so certain it was situational. And then when the doctor tried to like take his blood, they could barely even get his blood because he was so dehydrated. (laughs) I'm like, Quinn, you need to drink water. (laughs) Like this is, these are rule, like number one thing, drink water, eat food, shelter, take care of yourself. (laughs) Like if we're struggling with that much anxiety and we're so convinced it's situational and we find out it's because we're dehydrated, it's just a reminder that like there are, these are signs that there's either something going on within our body or it's there's when there's nothing going on within your body and that's why you have anxiety then it probably is situational but it's there it's a natural form of saying something isn't right yeah something is not right <laughs> yeah there's a lot of other things well that would be another a discussion for a different podcast maybe about anxiety yeah so we touched on eco anxiety Hmm. so do you have any suggestions of how to handle that are you still working through that i'm still working through it i am starting a eco anxiety 10-step program in a couple weeks you are yeah i'm really excited you're taking it yeah I found the group online. They seem really cool, and I signed up months ago, so I've been looking forward to it. Wow. So hopefully I can get some more tools from that program to take with me. When you're done, will you check in with us and tell you tell us if if you're doing better? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, aside from that, just don't be too hard on yourself. <laughs> you can't be perfect. Uh, voting with your dollar I think is really really huge like just today we had the decision to either support Starbucks or to support that small local coffee shop yeah just any those decisions I really do think make a difference in the long run because like we said in the beginning power and money have so much control over our reality right now and if we walk into a whole foods and go grocery shopping there then we are voting with our dollar and giving power and money to whoever owns that company which is amazon which is jeff bezos (laughs) (laughs) and we all know he is not the best with putting his money in the right places so if you want to support his trip to mars 
go to Whole Foods and vote with your dollar for what he's doing with his life. If you want to support, like, change, growth. Or how about a family? A family. A family that's got a farm and growing organic food and the showing up at the market, market every weekend. Yes, if you want to support the farmers directly that are growing yeah. organic vegetables. And meet them yes. and ask them what, what it's like and... Mm-hmm. Give them your dollar. Yeah, that is that's kind way, of fun, isn't it? Way better. It's fun too. Yeah. Building with your dollar. So huge. So huge. But also I still shop from Amazon, so <laughs> <laughs> And I there's a couple grocery stores I really like. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It is. It's well. But there's this website called thriftbooks.com. Yeah. Get your books there instead of Amazon. Okay. Yeah, I really like them. Thrift books? Yeah, it's all used books. Oh, cool. Because so many people buy books brand new when there are thousands of that used version that already exists in the world that are just sitting. Yeah. Why spend $30 on a new one when you can spend 5 on a used one? Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. There's a lot of cool things people can do like that. Well, one thing I like about buying used clothes is that they're not in plastic. Like, I, I never mm-hmm. thought about these things. I don't know that other people think about it, but I worked at a retail store a couple times, and I realized every single new shirt, new pair of pants, new so- everything came in a plastic bag. Like, what? Every single shirt? Yeah. And the people that work there take them out of the plastic and throw all the plastic away and hang up the shirts and stuff on racks. No and so way. when you go in to buy a shirt, you don't realize that everything in that store came in a plastic bag that was thrown away. Jeez. Isn't that nuts? That's disgusting. I mean, I still buy new stuff once in a while, but when I, if I buy it used, that's one of the things I'm like, all right, I s- that's one last plastic bag, I guess. Yeah, it feels <laughs> so good buying used clothing or used items. And you save money. Yeah. It's a win-win. Yep. I mean, yeah, maybe it's not the best quality, but I've gotten some amazing things at thrift stores that some things even still have the tags on them. Really? Yeah. That's pretty wild. I know. Uh, like my winter, my North Face winter coat that I use on my ski got that at a thrift store for 20 bucks north face i have a lot of smartwell stuff that was used yeah. i got a bunch of things in alaska when i was there they have awesome uh outdoor gear there that's used yeah i love used things i don't buy used shoes i have occasionally but it's not worth it because i have too many problems with my feet yeah that is not something i would recommend either Although, my sandals are used. The ones that I've been wearing on this trip. Are they comfy? So comfy. <laughs> I don't think the person wore them very much. Uh, so I think I got lucky with that one. I actually have a, a pair of used cowboy boots that are super hey. comfy. Yeah, I use those for riding. That's sick. It's weird, we're breathing in smoke right now, but I'm thinking, how is this any different from breathing in incense? Yeah, or a fire pit. Or smoking. Well, it's probably better than smoking cigarettes. At least this fire, it's just wood. I mean, if we were near a city, it would be t- 
tires, cars burning, I don't know, all kinds of gross stuff burning. Out here, it's just mostly trees. Yeah. Yeah. Bye, trees. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I can see it. I know. We're losing our view. It's uh, coming in with the smoke. Maybe we should hit the road. In case you listeners didn't know, we're in Bend, Oregon. And there are fires not too far away, and it's pretty smoky here. So, Jesse, thank you for explaining to us what eco-anxiety is. Yeah, I'll let you know if I find any solutions. Alrighty, thank you. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.